Foreman podcast should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Welcome to the Burn Foreman Take 5 Immigration Podcast Series. The Take 5 Podcast Series is a weekly high-level overview of what businesses need to know each week as it relates to immigration. My name is Melissa Azalian-Kenny, and I'm a partner on the immigration team at Burn Foreman, and I'm going to be your host for this podcast series. I've been working in the business immigration arena for more than 20 years in a wide variety of industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, and higher education. And today I'm joined by John Eggert, who's another attorney on the Burn Immigration team. Welcome, John. Hi. Our topic today is what's on the immigration horizon for businesses in 2021? Certainly there's been lots of activity, and John and I want to give you some updates today. And first on our agenda is a change in the presidency. When Joe Biden became president on January 20th, it was immediately clear that there was the potential for some significant change on the immigration front. Within only a few days of being inaugurated, President Biden signed several executive orders that rescinded aspects of President Trump's immigration policies and froze other immigration rules set to go into place in the coming weeks and months. And with so much expected to change in the immigration world in the coming months, we thought it would be good to outline for you today some of the expectations that we have under the Biden administration regarding immigration. So, John, why don't you get us started today and give us an update on DACA? Sure. DACA has definitely been an interesting area of the, over the past three years. For those of you that might not be familiar, DACA is a program that was originally set up by the Obama administration that was seen as kind of a first step in giving so-called dreamers a pathway to legal status and ultimately citizenship. In order to qualify, a foreign national must have come to the United States as a child, obtained or be working towards a high school diploma, and be able to pass certain background checks. Now, DACA approval doesn't technically give a person legal immigration status, but it does give some protections in terms of removal, and it allows for, for work authorization. The DACA program looked to kind of be on the ropes the last few years when it was um, kind of narrowly survived a Supreme Court challenge after the Trump administration tried to wind down the program completely. However, after Joe Biden's first day in office, he signed an executive order that reaffirmed the government's commitment to the DACA program. And then another interesting point on DACA is that first-time applicants haven't really been able to apply for the program for several years because of this ongoing litigation that we've seen. So you're likely to have kind of hundreds of thousands of first-time applicants in the next year that are going to be eligible for the first time. And with this new work authorization, these individuals are going to be able to finally complete an I-9 and legally be able to work in the United States, which I think could be another interesting area in the next couple of years. Don't you think, Melissa? I do, John. I think that could be an interesting area. And employers really need to be ready. You know, under Democratic administrations, we tend to see more lenient immigration policies, but I-9 enforcement tends to be the exception. Keep in mind that under the Obama administration, we really saw a ramp up in I-9 audits. From 2009 to 2013, for example, and even in later years, I-9 audits were doubling and the administration was levying millions of dollars in fines against employers. Now, I-9 compliance has flown a little bit under the radar, uh, you know, the last year or so because of COVID. As many of you know, they've relaxed rules regarding the review of original documents, and I-9 enforcement really has not been kind of in the driver's seat. 
But as the vaccine gets rolled out and we start to get back to more normalcy, I think I-9 compliance could really be a point of emphasis and employers need to be ready. And how do you get ready? You know, one of the ways is to do internal I-9 audits and you verify audits to make sure that your records are in order. So John, I know that there's been a lot of talk recently about rolling back the H-4 spousal work authorization rule. And, you know, we've heard that a lot over the years, but what are your thoughts on where we might be headed with that H-4 spousal rule in 2021? Yeah, that H-4 work authorization rule is another area that really looked like it was kind of dead in the water the last few years. And for those of you that might not know what this rule is, is it, it provides work authorization for spouses of H-1B visa holders as long as that H-1B visa holder kind of reaches a certain point and gets far along enough in, in the employment-based green card process. Generally, those that are in H-4 status don't have work authorization and you know, H-4s from certain countries like China and India can wait five or 10 years in the green card backlogs before their permanent residency is approved. So what that can result in is, you know, a household having to rely on a single income source during that five to 10 year interim period, which can be really tough on foreign nationals. In January 2017, the Trump administration announced plans to revoke this H-4 EAD regulation as part of the buy American, hire American policy. For one reason or another, the attempted revocation kind of just stalled and the, the proposal to rescind the rule was eventually just withdrawn in the days after Joe Biden took over as president. So this is just kind of one example of kind of the halting or delaying of implementation of regulations. And we've also kind of seen it in the H-1B realm as well, right, Melissa? That's right, John. You know, the Biden administration quickly took action after coming into office, and they really made an attempt to stall all regulations that had not been set for implementation, and they delayed those that had been set for implementation for a 60-day period. And one of those areas that impacted the immigration world the most was probably the freezing of, you know, the H-1B rules. We saw a number of rules related to the H-1B program in the last half of 2020, including those that would increase the prevailing wage that have to be paid to H-1B applicants. There were also proposals to limit the placement of H-1B workers at third-party work sites. Another rule um, in the H-1B arena aimed at redefining the H-1B lottery or registration process with a focus more on wage levels and compensation versus just a random lottery. So the major effect of this delay is that if implemented at all, these new rules are pretty unlikely to change anything with respect to the upcoming H-1B filing cap because that lottery registration period runs from March 1st to March 20th. So we'll need to sort of take a wait and see approach to see whether all or some of these rules are implemented and any modifications that might exist. And we'll be keeping a close eye in this area because we know this really impacts a lot of employers that use the H-1B program. The final thing that I think we're likely to see this year is perhaps an attempt at some comprehensive immigration reform. And for those of you that have been in the immigration arena for a while, you know that this is nothing new, that, that there have been proposals in the past in this area. But John, give us an update of maybe what we can expect here on comprehensive immigration reform. Sure. So we've actually already seen an immigration bill sent to Congress, and that was on the first day of the Joe Biden presidency. And one of the bigger headlines here as part of this new comprehensive immigration bill 
is an actual avenue for DREAMers or DACA beneficiaries to obtain legal status and ultimately citizenship. The way the bill is written right now, the full process would take about eight years, but a pathway to citizenship for DREAMers is, you know, kind of something that's been talked about for a long time. And, you know, I think for for a lot of individuals is, is an exciting thing. There's likely probably to be a lot of change to this bill before it does take effect. You know, while we do have a Democratic Congress and both houses of Congress, there's likely to be some argument and changes back and forth. But some of the different areas that we could see this new bill look at to change are addressing the employment-based green card backlogs, including some sort of an exemption for those working in the STEM fields. Uh, We might also see modifications to the H-1B lottery system, increased I-9 enforcement, and then a new look at border control utilizing smart technologies as opposed to kind of physical barriers. So this bill has got a long way to go, but there seems to be some different momentum with a Democratic president as well as a Democratic control of both the House and the Senate. Thanks, John. Yes, the reform bill certainly will be an interesting topic over the next few months. And, you know, we'll keep a close eye on any new developments that impact businesses as it relates to immigration. And and that really wraps up our Take 5 immigration update for this week. We hope the update has been helpful to you. We try to cover cutting edge business immigration here issues here on our podcast. If you would like to see any topics addressed or have questions, you can certainly reach out to me, Melissa Azalian Kenny at makenny at burr.com um, or any other Burr Foreman attorney. Also, to find podcasts, webinars, and legal resources on immigration, please visit our website at burr.com. This series is also available on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and have a great day. <laughs>